0: Hi everyone and welcome to our second episode of Interviewing Coffee Roasters On Site. Today we have a chat with Dan from DHC Coffee Co. He's just located on the east side of Brisbane and I want to thank Dan for giving us the time to do this interview and I also want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Dan chat about his coffee and his business journey as we see on one of his most delicious blend, The Hipster, a single origin from El Salvador that you can find the details on the link below. So here's my chat with Dan from DHC Coffee. So in case you don't know, uh, Dan supplied coffee when I opened up my cafe. That was 10 years ago, 2013. Uh, DHC... So long ago. <laughs> Do you remember how that started, Dan? So Dan came every week and then you would give me a batch of coffee and it says, all right, uh, this is the coffee I make. Tell me what you think. And I, I didn't like it. And then he came back the next week. And the next week, he came four weeks And then you made this coffee and you said to me, you know what, this is it. I've poured my heart and soul in this blend. Do you remember that? No. And then bro, you know what you said to me? You goes, I can't help you if you don't like this coffee, but I drank it and I teared up. I think you had another version of the hipster.
1: Oh, the hipster. Yeah. Bro. Because what I discovered is you didn't like the heavier blends, which is what I was roasting at the time. And I was like, right, what is it that he wants? Because I don't think you even knew what you wanted.
0: No, I didn't know. And I had no, know what I, I
1: like. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to try this light and fruity blend. And then I think that's what it was. It just, was amazing, yeah, yeah.
0: Dad. Now that's how we began, begun, Dan. Yes. You know, we built a relationship. Yep. You know, in our 10 years, we're still S- still, the test still, together, <laughs> <laughs> still together, bro. Still together. And Dan, you make amazing coffee. Thanks, man. You always have, and I'm really grateful for that, man. Thank you. What are we that. drinking now? What is this? Uh,
1: so that is, I mentioned the hipster before, that is literally straight El Salvador coffee now. And I work with some other guys who bring it all in mm. and it's one of my favourite coffees, it's man. Delicious. Yeah, it's just very like when you have it with milk as well, mm. it goes to a whole nother level. It's like a strawberry milkshake, man. It's no cool, way. Yeah,
0: it also goes really well with those edible cups as well, like because of that this is, yeah. a level of sweetness. So tell us about about this cup, Stan. What is it? Um, I can eat this, eh? Hey? You
1: can eat it, yeah. It's just it's basically just like a compressed cookie. It's not oh. massively sweet because what they found was that too much sweetness in the cup was then like affecting the cup, cof- uh, the like the poured coffee. Uh, to a point, like if you're drinking black coffee or something, you don't want that sweetness from the coffee, uh, from the cup, Sorry, kind of seeping into the coffee, and adjusting the profile. Uh, so it's just been dialed back a little bit. So it is still just like a uh, cookie, but just not like a really sweet one. You know.
0: That is really yummy. It's good. And I coffee's really like
1: And if you are selling it at a cafe, it's just a good little point of difference. Yep. Uh, you know, someone who may not necessarily buy like a, excuse me, like a coffee and a cake or whatever, you can try them, sell them one of these, so boost that kind of average spend a little bit as yep. well. Yep. Um, and also, kids love it, baby chinos and stuff like that. So yeah, they're, they're just a really cool, cool idea. All right, well
0: then, let, tell us a little bit about DHC yep. Coffee. So uh, what got you into it? And like, how, when did you start? How I got
1: started was that me and my wife were heading back from uh, the UK where we met. Yeah. And then um, when we were traveling through these countries, we just come to random coffee plantations and stuff. In particular, uh, India. We got off the train station. This guy was like, what are you guys up to? Really friendly, local guy. He was just like, do you guys want to come start on my coffee plantation? We were like, what? Yeah, might as well. Got nothing else to do. So we went and stayed with him and his family, like literally on the coffee plantation. I started going out and learning a bit about coffee. We were picking coffee cherries, drying it, putting it out in the flatbeds, picking all the fruit, and eating this beautiful fruit that oh, was there, eating meals with the family. So like literally sitting in there, in what you would call a lounge room over here, eating off these big thali plates just like their, their local curries and everything yep. like that it was amazing actually what happened was we traveled away from there and we ended up um, losing our camera and all the photos on it oh no um, so we traveled uh, south uh, around India, went up to these other places and i was like we're just a six hour train right away from that area again let's go back and stay there again and get the photos and everything again because um, I really loved it that much.
0: Yeah. So
1: we did that again. We didn't stay as long this time because we were running out of time. Yeah. That was just a really fond memory for me. Traveled then through Southeast Asia and then um, saw more coffee plantations and stuff like that. We arrived in Australia with my mum and um, she had a partner. He'd actually owned a coffee roasting company in New Zealand. And I just was talking to him about it and he was just like, why don't we just buy a roaster? I'll teach you how to roast coffee and then you can go from there. So he was very old school and his roasting. He hadn't roasted for like 30 years. Wow! So it was a big learning process for me to kind of take what he was trying to teach me, but then try and learn more. Yeah uh as the industry evolved quite a bit since he'd been roasting yep. very very different roasting techniques yep. I started roasting coffee and i couldn't sell it anywhere because i'll admit it was terrible yep. hey we're going to use the last of our money to set up a cafe which we did do and it failed miserably <laughs> it wasn't because of the coffee it was be- literally because i did not know what i was doing yep. i fit out a cafe and the people who managed the, um, the centre that it was in were like, yep, you guys are good to start rolling. We just want you open to start producing coffees. There's no coffees in there. Uh, so we did and we opened for about three weeks and then the owners of the centre came down. And they were like, we don't like the fit out, we want you to start again. No. And luckily, because I was so inexperienced, I hadn't actually signed the lease yet. Uh, and I was literally running out of money, all the money that we had from uh, living in the UK. It was a really good exchange rate back yep. then. Uh, and we'd purchased the roaster already, so I was just like, I don't have enough money to get going yep. again. And they were saying, we want you to spend X amount of dollars, all this kind of stuff. Luckily, I had not signed the lease, so I literally just pulled the truck up, pulled all the stuff out. It's gone. Left. And then, yeah, that was like a really bad experience for me. It was in Brisbane and I was just like, what am I gonna do? And then I went and found another uh, really awesome landlord. Uh, it was way out of Brisbane though, which was a bit of a problem. I had to go live out there for six months. Yep. Found an awesome landlord. I set up a cafe, learned from my mistakes. made it just turned into a roaring success. We sold it. They started using our coffee. I made all my money back oh. that I've invested. So, uh, How long like, was that? How long was that time that for That was six months. Wow. Oh, that was like a year in total from yeah. the first cafe to selling the second one. Wow. It was a ride. I had to live out there, live away from my partner. Ouch. I was working seven days a week, burnt out. It was pretty hectic, man, i than that. But we sold it. Yeah, that, that cafe was doing amazing. It's still there today. I don't supply it anymore, but um, someone just sent me a photo the other day, I still got my original stickers in the window, oh, I see. Uh, which is really cool. But yeah, then I just I opened up another cafe, another one, and so on and so forth, and that's how it all began, man. Wow. Yeah, I really love that building phase of building up the cafes, and as I was building, I was refining processes, making things a bit easier for me for the next one, finding out what works, where. Building checklist. so when I look at uh, an area, I can just go and look at a checklist and be like, it's got to hit these 10 kind of um, points. If it doesn't, unless there's something really outstanding that I won't set up there. So, everyone that I built and sold, I'll then look at running for X amount of time and then trying to sell it, and then they're tied into a supply agreement, and then I just keep moving forward that way. Yeah. Yeah. But we just found with the supply agreements, I don't do them anymore. We just find that people who we want to work with, we don't need it. And we, if we've got a really good relationship, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then for people who we don't want to work with, then we're not tied into a supply agreement. We can part ways and there's no issues. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it really comes down to the relationship for me, so. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm a testament to that. Yes. I, I was with you for four or five years. You yes. know, and, and you wanted me to sign. I said, nah, I never signed anything. Yep. But we were together for four or five years. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I think and that was just a learning curve for me as well. I think I kind of realised, well, this is this is the kind of person that'll want to work with with my businesses and in the industry. And it's one of the things that I love about the industry is all these awesome characters that you meet one of you as well you know like in my wife asks about you every so often you know because <laughs> you make such an imprint on people and when i you'd walk into your cafe you'd get that feeling that i like to have in my own cafes you know like you go in there and it's about the community that you're building up it's the vibe that's in there like it's all these things it all come from the person operating at top, you know. So,
0: and that's what this industry has—a lot of really <coughs> beautiful characters, eh? like, yeah, amazing characters. It like-
1: does, and I'm really fortunate to work with a bunch of really awesome people. That like, some of them are just warriors, you know. Yeah. Like, just they roll with the punches. They uh, learn as well. We just have good relationships. You go in there. And some in particular like are just really fantastic. You build that kind of relationship outside of work as well. Where are you heading to next dan What's the next stage for DHC? Probably our next big thing is man, like the, the last few years I've just kind of been behind the scenes. You know, we've had the warehouse operating now. Purposely haven't set up like an area for people to come in. It's by appointment only. Yeah. Um, I don't actually sell coffee out of here. It's been by design so I can really focus on growing the business and so as you know, like I've had other businesses as well so doing that has given me freedom to kind of do some other businesses and stuff like that but also really focus on what I'm doing here. But moving forward, we are in the, in the process of looking for somewhere to open up a roastery to the public. So that's what, what our kind of next iteration of DHC will be. There's building the relationships behind the scenes as well, just for like currently trying to bring in more of our own coffee at the moment. We're doing like 50 50 bringing in some coffee from farms and then the other 50 percent is through some really reputable brokers who we have had a long relationship with and who have got like really good business ethics that really gels with our company and it's one of the things i've missed like you know i've owned many cafes since since servicing you and you sold your one but it's one of the things that i really miss is like having the cafe or the uh, espresso bar or whatever it is. Having the people walk through the door and building those relationships. I think it's a play. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the things like I... Like one of my best friends to this day is somebody who just walked in through one of my cafe doors one day. We go on holiday together, like oh, we've got awesome. really close family friends and stuff and um... You just don't know who's gonna walk through that door, what the relationship could end up being. And so yeah, for me now, like I've had the... warehouse now for like four or five years i'm just getting to the point now where i want to open up to the public and do something a little bit different but really focus on the things that i really love which is just going to be that hospitality And anyone that knows me like the food that i do Mm. in my last few cafes it's like a little bit different you know it's kind of i really love like food bags and stuff like that so our menu is kind of that way kind of focused you know like yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I love, man. I oh, it's a little bit different. Who doesn't, bro? It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And we, in my last uh, cafe in particular, like, all the sauces that we used, we made ourselves. We had relationships with the bakeries that we were buying our bread from and all
0: that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, yep. and I must admit, you do have really good, uh, like, I feel comfortable chatting with you, you know. You're, you look scary? Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, you're such a lovely guy to talk to. Thanks, man. Alright, well, last question. Yep what advice would you give to a cafe that's about to open up? Because you've got all this experience of, of building, starting, selling. What would oh, you give, like man. one basic principle? It's, it's
1: so hard, but the thing that I always come back to and I tried to drum into you, even back then, was just know your numbers. It's so important now to understand your cost, what things are costing you in the cafe, what your staff are costing you. It's really important to understand how much money you need to make as well so having that financial kind of goal and this is where it's really important if you don't understand your numbers just find someone who does it's going to be your best investment that you could ever make because when you have like a goal to head towards like I need to make X amount of dollars that's going to produce this amount of profit or whatever it looks like. It's really kind of easy to break that down to like what the weekly um, amount is that you need to make or what that goal is to head towards. If you have that in the beginning like it's you're going to be ahead of so many other cafes and you're going to be so much better off in the long run. You know what I mean? Like it's just so important to understand those costs and also have that roadmap of, I need to get to 10,000 or 20,000 a week, whatever that is. And then understanding like all those costs that need to come out of it as well. Yep. Yeah. So like
0: it's, a cost benefit, like a, the cost of
1: goods sold. Um, yep. What you're, basically what your business is going to cost you to run. Yep. Yeah. Cause you can- Your fixed uh, costs. Yeah, your, your fixed costs, orders, like yeah. everything like, and there's things that just, Pop up as well. So trying to get ahead of that kind of stuff and there's so much free Info on the internet or whatever even your accountant can help like yeah It's just so vital like there's no point in selling something if you are not making Like let's just say we used to have this cafe the best-selling item uh, I think it was like a bacon and egg roll or something like that. I can't remember and they were selling it, basically, they didn't know how much money they were making it out of. But it was their best selling item, so they just selling it over and over again. And we worked out they weren't even making any money. They were literally selling it for what it cost them. Mm. So it's just one of those things where if you don't understand the true cost of it, what's the point in selling it? You're, you're not a charity you're a cafe you're a small business that needs to make money long story short just understanding the numbers you, that's the most important thing yeah
0: well every business has to be profitable or you won't survive yes exactly you can only travel for so long on yeah. cash flow before you just run out of cash flow and yeah. if, even with us we didn't make much money that was my problem i think i didn't care about the money i loved it people yes. so much, you know, yep. I love the coffee so much that I would, yes. I'd work for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because I loved it so much, so. Yeah. yeah,
1: but for me, like I see that a lot, like yeah. people are, are of like, course, yeah, of course. yeah um, and uh, it's, I'm not saying that, like to take anything away from you, but uh, what I see is that sometimes cafe owners um, kind of get into a bit of a rut where, uh, you know, things are going good and they're making enough money, but... Uh, for me, I'm just like, well, let's just set some goals and break it down so that we know, like there's ways to, you know, boost $100 a day without having to spend money on getting mm. new customers and stuff like that. It's literally just from using the customers that are coming through. Yeah. And an extra $100 a day really starts adding up over the weeks and months. You yeah, know? so yeah. they will be
0: like, okay, they come in for a coffee, $4, maybe sell something with it. Yeah, exactly. So instead of a $4 $5 customer, it's $10. Yep, yeah.
1: getting that little upsell, you know. 10 of them, 100 bucks. Whatever it is, exactly, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Getting your staff, not kind of scripted, but giving them the, the knowledge to be able to walk out there greet the customers or whatever, uh, and then be able to sell them another coffee or, uh, you know, sell them a brownie or whatever, giving them that kind of um, freedom to try and do that, and even setting them goals. Yeah. Well guys we really like there's such great software we can track all this like the point of sale systems and stuff Well guys we want you to sell uh you know x amount of brownies or x amount of dollars worth of upsells this week and you can make it a competition between the staff <laughs> and have a, a, some sort of reward you know yeah. it doesn't work for everyone
0: but there's ways to do it yep. you know what i mean yep. yeah yeah man that's awesome that's good advice as well yes so um well then that was thank you so much man that's all right ro- and this coffee is amazing, man. Thanks, man. Uh, I wanted to go, like, I kept on wanting to sip through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, just take your time, take your time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh. But I'm glad now we're finished. I'm going to smash this and yeah. I'm going to eat this cookie, bro. So thanks again, Dan. For it's this, right, bro. Man. I appreciate, appreciate it, 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 it. Bro. Love it. Thank you. Just a massive thank you to Dan for actually doing this interview with us. And you you may see that I cut out a lot of parts from it because we just talked so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening and check out the links below if you need any more information. See you in the next episode.